You're listening to the From the Hack Curling Podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership. Hey, hello everyone, my name is Frank Rock and welcome to the From the Hack Curling Podcast. This week, we present you with a mini-episode consisting of an interview I did with Laurie Saint-Georges and Félix Asselin a few days after they won the Canadian Mixed Curling Championship last week in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me this week. Once again, my name is Frank Rock, and as mentioned, this week we present a mini-episode with guests Laurie Saint-Georges and Félix Asselin, who just won their first Canadian Mixed Curling Championship, along with teammates Emile Asselin and Emily Riley. Laurie and Félix joined me to discuss their week in Prince Albert, what it felt for each of them to win their first national championship, and I asked them to look ahead to representing Canada at next year's World Mixed Championship. Laurie and Felix, uh, my traditional first question to anyone who wins a Canadian championship for the first time is how does it feel to be Canadian champion? Laurie, let's start with you. It feels just like a dream come true, I guess. Like, I I still have um, no words, really. Um, Like, it just happened so fast at one point. Like, you leave for, like, almost 10 days, and then you're just, like, in the curl curling world for like a whole week and you're working your ass off the whole week and then like now that it's done I feel like it was just so quick and like I didn't really like soak it all in if I can say so now I take like the time to actually like look at the picture and just like I'm telling myself that oh my god we actually made it and it was so nice because yesterday night I had a curling uh, game in the league uh, on my curling club and everyone was just there and so proud of us and it was really nice to actually now like just enjoy the the moment with like my friends and everything so it it just feels amazing maybe a little surreal um but it's really great it's an amazing feeling how about you Felix uh, this was also your first Canadian championship has it sunk in yet uh, how does it feel oh just like Laurie said it was uh, a dream come true we've obviously tried very hard to to get to a world championship before and for all four of us it was our first one so um it feels really good and uh, it did go really fast like Laurie said at uh it's sort of like the first part of the week was really slow we were like playing games that in a way felt a little bit like they were not a waste but you know they were just games to get ready for the next round and it, it's it's sort of like the playoffs came in and playoffs are just one day and it it blew right by and then we were we were Canadian champions, but yeah, it's a it's a dream come true for us, and uh, it's great it's great to get one. So, Laurie, uh, with your victory in Prince Albert at the Canadian Mix, uh, Quebec became the first province or territory to win three consecutive national championships in any discipline, with no one player winning more than once. Was that even on your radar as a team? Were you paying attention to that stuff, or you know, did you? hear about it throughout the week and kind of lost track of it and just focused on playing and winning the championship yeah I I don't really recall talking about it with the team I mean we were just like we're we're actually four friends really good friends and we were just there to actually play curling and like we knew that would be like a really fun week 
So we were not really thinking about that. Like, obviously we wanted to win it, but we, like, we didn't really put pressure on ourselves because of that. We knew we could do it, but yeah, I don't think it was really like a, a pressure factor, if I can say. Uh, Felix, your team had a little bit of unfinished business at the Canadian Mix, having lost in the semifinal back in 2019. Having seen two other teams from Quebec win the title in 2020 and 2021, was there a part of you that was chomping at the bit a little bit to get back to Nationals and improve on your result from 2019? Yeah, I, I think in a way that, uh, I mean, although it was a really good result on a first try there back in Manitoba, I think that uh, the desire to do better and to to get on the next step uh, was what really fueled uh, um, our week. Um, obviously, uh, it was great to, to give it a, a three-peat for the province, but I don't think it was a, a added pressure for us to, to to keep on winning for Quebec. It was really, yeah, like you said, it was the, the performance coming up just short in 2018. I think we we all knew we had a chance. And then it sort of came to a dead stop really quickly. So we wanted to go out there and prove that we were able to do better. Uh, and yeah, we did. Laurie, what, if anything, did your team and perhaps yourself as an individual learn from your experience at the Canadian Mix in 2019 that may have helped you this time around? I feel for me, it's really like experience. So I actually really practiced um, like as as a third because usually I'm skipping and like with mixed doubles everything really helped because now like I have more reference on sweeping on pats and on hog to hogs and even sweeping techniques so I feel like this week we were probably the team who picked up the ice um um really quickly so I think that was a really good advantage for us um the whole week we were really focused like on the rocks, the sheets, the speed and everything. Um, I feel also that our communication is better. Um, maybe in 2019, like we were still like we were great friends, but we didn't quite know each other uh, as well as we know each other now. So I feel that's really a plus. So I think we we've really learned about our communication and just to stick together for a whole week and just support each other. Felix, there are a couple of different dynamics I play on your mixed team. Lori usually skips her own team and has final say on shot selection and strategy. And for those in our audience who may not know, you're also partners off the ice. As we all know, it can get fairly easy to take a bad game or a bad shot uh, and let it stick with you. How do you go about managing that so that the two of you don't spend too much time dwelling on things once you leave the curling club or the arena? Ah, it's a good question. I'd, I'd say that me and Laurie are two really good competitors out there and I think we are able to put aside our relationship to try and be the better teammates that we possibly can be for each other and there are probably a few times where the relationship is I don't know I'd say maybe it hinders a bit but I'd say that for the few times that that does happen I'd say that I have the utmost trust in Lori and I think she has the same for me and it's it's probably a good thing for our mixed team that we play with each other. What about you, Laurie? You usually skip uh, and have final say on shot selection and strategy. How difficult is it for you to adapt to the role of third in the rare times that you might play mixed curling during a season? Um, I mean, I'm not throwing the last rocks, right? So at 
the end, it's his call. And I'm always on board on, like, when we make a call, well, I have to commit to the shot. So that's, that's first of all. For sure, like, there are some um, shots, um, decisions or whatnot that sometimes we talk about. I feel like at one point, me and Felix, we had, like, a few conversations during the week because um, we didn't, like, really play with each other, like, our mixed team before the event. We didn't really practice with Felix either. Like, I practiced with Emil and Emily, but me and Felix, uh, like, we played mixed double, but it's a totally different, like, um, totally different thing and chemistry and whatnot. Um, we talked during the week because um, he was calling shots and he wasn't telling me where to put the broom or the weight or whatever. Like, I, I actually didn't know what was the, the call shot. And he was in the hack. And I was like, okay, so what's the shot? And I was screaming at him. And like, where do I put the broom? Do you like the ice? What weight? Uh, so I was kind of like a bit confused. And then we talked about it. And we actually like figured that we needed to just like take our time more to communicate in the house so that both of us actually commit to the shot. And I think we really improved um, during the week on that aspect. And I'm sure it's going to be um, great for the future, especially next year when uh, we're going to represent Canada. So it's, I mean, I love being third for Felix because he's an amazing athlete and he knows how to call a good curling game. And I have like so much trust in him. So um yeah, sometimes it's like sometimes it's not easy, but nothing is easy in sports. So, I mean, I think we're still a great team. <laughs> so I've had a number of very successful curlers on this podcast who have admitted that there is usually at least one game during a national championship where the team really isn't feeling it. In your case, it was a round robin game versus the Yukon, which you lost eight nothing in six ends. You lost other games during the week, but those were all tight games. What happened in that game versus the Yukon? Were the ice conditions different or was it simply, you know, one of those games? Yeah, that's funny how that goes. Eh? It tends to happen more often than not. But um, I mean, first of all, I think UConn played good enough to win that game. Uh, they definitely put a few rocks in the right positions and the ice wasn't, the best for the team that was chasing which we were early so we 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 had a rough time to try and get rocks and get rocks buried because it was really hard to make a draw around a guard so it was not the best for us I think we had maybe team dynamics weren't also the best so and that didn't help either and then also like maybe after like the third or fourth end where the score is slowly getting away from us I think we started to to try harder shots, to try and get back into the game, which then we didn't make more of those, and the score really got away from us. But I would just say that UConn played good enough in that game to to put us in trouble. It wasn't our best game, obviously. But uh, at the same time, for the rest of the event, once that game was over, obviously we weren't happy about it. But I think it was a bit of a way of putting us back on track for the rest of the week it got us uh, it got us thinking about what we could do better and what we could fix and how how we could make a few more shots out there and maybe it was a good thing for the remainder of the event that we did lose that game I mean maybe it would have been better to lose that game in a tight game than eight eight nothing but I think that that game actually helped us on the long way 
So, Lori, at a Scotty's or Briar, the team that wins uh, the one versus two game uh, goes almost 24 hours before playing the final. In your case, at the Canadian Mixed, you only you didn't play a one versus two game, but you finished first overall, and then you won your semifinal. But you only had a few hours between that semifinal and the championship game. Is it a blessing in disguise having to play both of those games within a few hours of each other, as opposed to having to kill a long period of time before playing in the championship game? I think so. I think it's just like sometimes it's um, energy management kind of thing. So we were trying to not like be flat for the final because it's it's easily possible to just like give it all in the semifinal and then come up flight um, flat in the final. Um, honestly, me and Emily, we actually went to the locker room with uh, the two girls from Northwest Territories and we were just cracking joke that we were on the couches and we were just cracking joke for like, I don't know, 40 minutes, just sitting there relaxing. And then me and Emily, before the game, she looked at me before the final and she was like, so how do you feel? And I was like, I feel like I'm playing like a league game, you know, like I was not even stressed. Like it was so weird. I was not, I was just playing another game of curling and I was not even thinking about, like, the medals or, like, the Team Canada and whatnot, which in junior, when we made the final in 2018 in again, we really thought about it. Like, it was a, a big stress to actually play in a Canadian final. And now it was just like, oh, you know what? It's just a curling game. And to play back-to-back, we were just talking to friends, family, when not, we had food and we were cracking jokes. And then, oh, next thing you know, you're a Canadian champion. Like, so, I mean, for sure, having less time uh, mentally, maybe it's it's a good thing. Physically, it could be a bummer, but for us, it actually worked. Or you just mentioned having played in the Canadian Junior Final back in 2018. Did you think of that game at all in the period between the semifinal and the final at the Mixed National in Prince Albert? Not really. Honestly, I was not I was not really thinking about uh, juniors. I, w- I was more thinking about... So the whole week, I actually bring my um, medal from... The bronze medal from 2019, the mixed medal. And my uh, provincial gold medal when we won last year, the provincials. And I actually hung the two medals on the TV in Emily's room. So we were looking at those the whole week. <laughs> um and we were just trying to visualize, like, I don't know, not even winning, just, like, that we could do it. You know, we were kind of, like, manifesting the gold kind of thing. And we laughed about it the whole week because we were there with, like, our two medals on the TV, whatever. Um, but, no, I didn't really think about the the junior. I mostly thought about the junior we played in Prince Albert because we actually remember the few game in the in the curling club bar, and we were like, oh yeah, we actually had two games here. We lost against um, Caitlin Jones on sheet A and against Zacharias on sheet C and whatnot, and we were just laughing about it because it was great memories and great games. But um, no, we were not really stressed about uh, the the final. Felix, a little bit earlier, you mentioned that the ice could be a little bit tricky in Prince Albert, and I'm wondering if that had an impact on the strategy your team used in the final, because it certainly seemed like you were aggressive at the start of the game and put a lot of pressure on Team Northern Ontario. Yeah, let's face it. I mean, the ice was uh, 
fairly straight. We'll put it that way uh, all week. And uh, we still tried and managed in most of our game to put pressure on our opponents. We we felt like we had the team and the strength to get on the ice and you know play aggressive on the other teams for all eight ends. And that that was probably what I felt was our best chance of winning a game and winning the event. So in the final was no different. We went out there and we had, we had the hammer to start on top of everything. So why not? And we went out there and put some guards and tried to wrap around as best we could and tried to put pressure on them and it paid off right away. And then even once we cracked a three in the first stand, we, we, we kept on foot on the gas and we, we, we made them throw a, I don't know, fairly not, Hard, hard shots, but, you know, harder shots than they would have liked. And we got a, co- a couple of timely misses and, you know, the score got away for them, sadly. But, I mean, for us, it was always the game plan. So, Lori, I've spoken to a lot of curlers and athletes in other sports who have told me that it is often difficult to enjoy big moments in their careers as they are happening because they are so focused on the task at hand. With the big lead that your team had in the championship final, I was wondering if you took the opportunity to look around a little bit and let it all sink in and enjoy the moment as it was happening. Oh, no. Actually, we we talked about it during the the whole game so we were up by three and then up by five and and then up by my nine if i recall and every end we were talking to each other and we were like okay like let's let's keep our head um like in the game like the energy has to be the same and we need to be focused we need to make shots we still want to play a hundred percent you know we need the intensity like it was tie game because you never know um so no i feel like the energy was the same the the whole the whole game and even after they they kind of shook uh i was like i i I was kind of like not even ready um to 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 shake and be a champion kind of thing i was like like we still have two ends to play i was so in the game that I wanted to keep playing just because like I was so focused. Um, but yeah, no, we, we actually, uh, we were pretty focused that game, even though it's really easy to just lose focus, but we did pretty great. So Felix, the next step for this team is now to represent Canada at the 2023 world mixed championship. Tell me about uh, when that first started to sink in uh, that you would get to wear the Maple Leaf and represent your country at a world championship. Yeah, well, this is where probably me and Laurie are a little bit different. Um, once we stole two in the second end, I started thinking about it already. Um, not that I celebrated or anything, but, well, I mean, I can't, we kind of knew already. We probably just had to to do our job till the end of the game, and that one was ours. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a whole different beast. Um, we'll be playing teams we don't know. Uh, we, I mean, I knew just about everybody already in 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 the in the mixed championship, but we'll we'll be playing teams we don't know. We'll be there'll be a couple of good teams, that's for sure. So it's not nece- it's not necessarily going to be easy. We could be playing, you know, in a whole other country. It could be really different, but we're really looking forward to it. It's an experience none of us have had before, and it's going to be a blast out there. 
And finally, Laurie, when I spoke to Jean-Michel Ménard after his team came back from winning the World Mixed Championship in Scotland a few weeks ago, he told me that they had taken extra time to go to Scotland early, get some practices in at a local club, and to bond as a team, because mixed teams typically don't always spend much time with each other outside of a week or two uh, during the season. I know it's still early and that you likely haven't made any firm decisions yet, but I was wondering if your team was leaning towards doing the same thing in the lead-up to Worlds next season, or if you're perhaps thinking of entering a spiel or two between now and then with your mixed team so that you can get some extra game reps yeah um we'll definitely talk about it i feel like you don't get a canada jacket um often <laughs> right so uh we want to do we want to give our best and for sure uh we're gonna have a couple of practice like i'm sure the whole team will agree that we need to be prepared and we need to to have like more team practices than we actually had this this week because we never really practiced the whole team together before nationals and i think um because we're four good athletes who who actually knows each other i feel that turn our way our way and um, but i feel for worlds we really need to talk about it and sit down and actually talk about like what are we going to do to um to win this this uh, world competition you know um and the plan was also to have a talk with um Jean-Michel's team cuz uh, we actually really want their input on the event and uh any information that we can have to actually be be prepared uh, for next year and that does it for this week's episode. A huge thank you to Logie Saint-Georges and Felix Aslan for joining me on this week's mini-episode. Also, don't forget to check out our partners and friends in the Curling Podcast Network, the Two Girls in the Game podcast, the Rock Logic podcast, and the Curling Legends podcast. You're listening to the From the Hack Curling podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership.